Missions. Thank you. And I invite us now to take our Bibles, please. Would you take your Bible and turn to 2 Chronicles, early on in the Bible there, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Our theme today is prepare yourself to be victorious over problems, challenges, and crises. We shared the first part of this message last Sunday, and we come to the second part today. Let's get back to the Bible account as to what happened, the crises that Jehoshaphat needed to deal with. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse one says, after this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is approaching, is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamar. This was another name for Engedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt, so they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of our land, which you gave us as an inheritance. O oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jahaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jeel, son of Mataniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. 
Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this part of your Holy Bible. Dear God, we once again ask that you would open up our minds, hearts, to the truths that you want us to know, to experience, to be encouraged by, to be corrected by, and to act upon. Let it be so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My friends, as we said, our theme is prepare yourself to be victorious over problems, challenges, and crises. King Jehoshaphat faced a major crisis here as armies gathered against him, and he had no chance. And in part one last week, in part one, we spoke of how the first truth was, we said, know that there will be times in your life when you will face problems, challenges, and crises. That's a reality, as was the case for Jehoshaphat. Then secondly, last week, we said, understand that you are very normal when you experience fear during your tough time. You're very normal. But the good news is the Lord can help us overcome and give us victory over those fears. And thirdly, last week we said, instead of focusing on your fear, focus on asking God as to what you should do to solve, to solve the problem, the challenge, the crises. So now we come to the second part in this brief series, and our first truth today is this, pray fervently for the Lord's help. Pray fervently. This is what Joshua, or this is what Jehoshaphat and his people did. We see that Jehoshaphat and his people prayed fervently for God's help, urgently. The second half of verse three says, Jehoshaphat begged the Lord for guidance. He begged him. He cried out and he begged the Lord for his help. Then in verses 6 to 12, we read the major part of Jehoshaphat's prayer, which we read a few moments ago. And verse 6 starts by saying, he, Jehoshaphat, he prayed. He prayed. Now, here are some of the truths to keep in mind while praying. Some truths to keep in mind while praying. All right? For those of you who like to make notes, uh, you'll see on the screen that I have uh, labeled them A, B, C, D. All right? But to begin with, remember, God is powerful and mighty. As you pray, as you think about your situation, Remember that the Lord is powerful and almighty. The second half of verse six says, you are powerful and mighty. <clears throat> when you and I remind ourselves of this truth, what does it do? What it, what it does is it encourages us, doesn't it? It lifts us up, gives us renewed hope, fresh hope, when we realize and recognize that God, the one to whom you are looking to and praying to, is powerful and almighty. Remember also how God has helped you in the past. This, this assists us as well. In verse seven we read, O our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? 
What's happening here? Jehoshaphat is recalling, remembering how the Lord helped them when, when they moved into this holy land years back. And my friends, I've discovered over the years that whether it's in a personal situation or whether it's in a church challenge that we have faced over the years, it's very important for you and for me to recall and reflect upon how the Lord has helped you in the past. Amen? And that further encourages us to move forward and to believe that something good and great can happen in the present and in the future. Then be confident that the Lord will hear your prayer. As you pray, be confident that he hears you. Verse 9 says, you will hear us and rescue us. He doesn't say, well, I think, I think you might hear us. I, he doesn't say, I, I think you will. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. Right, Greta? He says, what? Read it with me. <coughs> you will hear us and rescue us. You will hear us. But notice further. Tell God what your problem is. This is what Jehoshaphat did in verse 10. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. Now, the truth is, the Lord already knows what is our need, but nevertheless, you and I should articulate it. Speak it. Say, Lord, here's my problem. Here's my challenge. <clears throat> here's my crisis. We basically articulate it and say, God, this is what I'm facing, and I really need your help. As we go further in the prayer, notice that uh, we need to admit, admit you can't solve the problem on your own. There are some problems you can solve on your own, but if you could, you probably wouldn't be looking to God, right? Notice verse 12. We are, <coughs> we are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking for your help. When we have been honest, how many times, how many times have you and I said, God, I don't know what to do. I'm looking for your help. That's what Joshua was doing. You're saying, Lord, Hey, hey, I got these three horrendous armies coming against us. I don't know what to do. Help! You've been there sometimes, haven't you? Yeah. Some of you might be there right now. That's right. Amen. Let's further read verses 13 and 14. Just give me a moment here. I've been battling something that about half of you have been battling the last month as well. Verse 13 says, as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, 
the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jahaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jeel, son of Mataniah. Wow, what a list of names for baby boys in the future, eh? A Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. Now, I want us to further notice uh, that we need to look, look for some way by which the Lord will encourage you. Because after reading verses 13 and 14, verse 15, in that verse, Jahaziel says this. He says, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. I, I, I wonder if Jehoshaphat, <laughs> I wonder if Jehoshaphat maybe wanted to say, are you kidding me? I got these three horrendous armies coming against us. Do not be afraid. Come on now. But Jehoshaphat was a man of faith. And I, I believe he realized that this is from the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord was saying to him through Jahaziel, do not be afraid. And uh, as I think of Jahaziel, he's a reminder to me that there are times when you're going through a hardship that the Lord has some unique ways of encouraging you. Have you not found that? I've found that across the years. Sometimes the encouragement comes from totally unexpected places. But moving along here in the prayer, I want you to remind yourself that the battle is not yours, but God's. Remind yourself that the battle is not yours, but God's. The latter part of verse 15 says, don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. But God's. The battle is the Lord's. Jehoshaphat is being told. I hope that took a load off of his mind. As we go further into prayer in verse 16, Face your problem, challenge, or crises. Face it. Verse 16 says, tomorrow, march out against them. March out against them. There comes a time when you have to face, and I have to face the issue, right? Comes a time when you can no longer ignore it, but you have to face it and deal with it. And then do as the Lord instructs you. Do your part. I, I noticed in verses 16 and 17. In verses 16 and 17, Jehoshaphat is being told to do his part and for his people to do their part. Here's what it says, verse 16. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness, wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. What's happening there? The Lord, the Lord is basically giving them directions and saying, now here, here's, your, here's your part. Here's what you gotta do. Now I, I'm sure, I'm sure 
This great leader and his people probably thought, I don't know, I don't know how this is going to work out. We don't know how this is all going to pan out. But let's do what we're being told to do. Let's do our little part, right? Let's do our part. So, whatever you face, do as the Lord instructs you. Do your part. And then, remember the Lord is with you. At the end of verse 17, it says, the Lord is with you. Amen? So, my friends, what it all boils down to as we look at what Jehoshaphat did and we read his prayer, we're told to pray fervently for the Lord's help. Now, here are a few other helpful Bible verses. Psalm 34, verse 6. Why don't you... Read it in unison with me from the big screen. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. Look at the next one. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And the next one. Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Aren't those beautiful, encouraging verses? Amen? By the way, sometimes we discover a family member or friend may not, uh, may not pray quite the way we thought they would pray or we thought they should pray. Uh, a mother tells of how she was taking her five-year-old little boy for a visit to McDonald's. And unfortunately, as she was driving and heading for McDonald's, they came upon the scene of an accident involving two cars. Well, this dear mother did what she normally did when she would come across any uh, car accident on the road. She always wanted someone to pray, to pray for the people in the, involved in the accident, praying that no one got hurt. So she basically said to her five-year-old, she said, sweetheart, sweetheart, would you, would you please pray for the accident? And her little five-year-old, as she's driving, her little five-year-old bowed his head and said, dear God, dear God, I pray that those two cars in the accident aren't blocking the entrance to McDonald's. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes how we think someone's gonna pray doesn't always turn out that way. Amen? But my friends, in order to be victorious over problems, challenges and crises, we learn from King Jehoshaphat to pray fervently for the Lord's help. Will you? Are you doing so currently? Will you do so in the future? Jehoshaphat, however, did more, did more than pray. He also fasted. And he told his people, in fact, he told the whole country, he proclaimed a fast. And this takes us to our second main truth in today's message, and it is simply this. 
begin to fast. Begin to fast. The latter part of verse 3 says, He, Jehoshaphat, also ordered everyone in Judah, in the country, to begin fasting. That's the New Living Translation, a translation that was done from the Greek and the Hebrew in the 1990s. The New International Version, a translation, English translation done in the 1970s, says, he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. Question, what is the definition of a fast? Well, you could get various definitions from various dictionaries, various sources. The Baker's Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical Theology says a fast is abstinence from food and or drink as an element of private or public religious devotion. In my books, to put it more simply, fasting is one way in which we are saying, Lord, I'm really, I'm really serious about this. I'm really burdened about this situation. Lord, we really need an answer in regards to this matter. Lord, we really, really, really need your divine intervention. In the case of Jehoshaphat, when he ordered everyone in his country to begin fasting, it was their way of saying, dear God, there are three major armies getting ready to slaughter us. We don't stand a chance. We really desperately need your help. Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah started to fast and pray for God's help. Now, there are other examples of people fasting in the Bible. In fact, there are many examples. I'm just gonna give you just a few of them. For instance, Ezra and his people fasted for a safe journey and protection. Around the year 458 BC, Ezra led about 2,000 men and their families from Babylon, where they had been in exile. The families had been basically prisoners for many years. They had been in exile uh, in Babylon, and Ezra felt the burden to lead this group back to Jerusalem when the government allowed them to return. Now, the journey from Babylon to Jerusalem was about 1,450 kilometers, or about 900 miles. It was a very dangerous trip, and it, it would have taken Ezra and the caravan of people probably about four months to get from Babylon to Jerusalem. Knowing the journey was very hazardous, Ezra chapter 8, verse 21 says, I, Ezra, gave orders for all of us, listen to this now, I gave orders for all of us to what? To fast and humble ourselves before our God. We prayed that he would give us a safe journey and protect us, protect our children and our goods as we traveled. Remember, they were traveling over 1,400 kilometers. Then in Ezra chapter eight, verse 23, it says, so we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us, and he heard our prayer. Isn't that beautiful? 
and he heard our prayer. My friends, there might be times when you might want to fast, for instance, before a major trip, especially a journey that might be filled with many dangers. Then there is the example of Nehemiah and his people fasting. Nehemiah fasted for a, a, a special favor from his boss. Have you ever wanted some special favors from your boss? Anybody? Some of you, some of you are honest. More of you, most of you, all of you are honest. Amen. All right. Nehemiah fasted for permission from King Artaxerxes of Persia to allow Nehemiah to leave his country around 445 BC and go to Jerusalem to lead the Jewish people in the rebuilding of the wall around Jerusalem as well as rebuilding the city which was still in, uh, in damaged state. In Nehemiah chapter one verse four we read, when I, Nehemiah, heard this, that is, he heard how the wall around Jerusalem was still in ruins and how the city was still in ruins, he says, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days, he says, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Now, Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer, and he had a very important role to play in the government operation. After fasting and praying, the king gave Nehemiah his blessing to go and do what needed to be done in Jerusalem. Now, sometimes you too might want to fast before you ask your employer for a special favor or a special arrangement as did Nehemiah. We further discover that some miracles will only happen through prayer and fasting. That's right. Uh, the Gospel of Mark tells us a story of a demon-possessed boy. The boy was taken to Jesus' disciples, as the Bible says, to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Mark 9, verse 18. Mark 9, verse 28 and 29 says, Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer and fasting. My friends, it is very possible that some miracles, some miracles in your life and mine and in our church will only happen, will only happen if in addition to prayer, there is also fasting. Amen? There is also fasting. There's a third truth which can help you, which can help all of us to be victorious over problems, challenges, crises, and it is this. The third truth is, when appropriate, involve other people in helping you to bring about a solution to your problem, challenge, or crisis. The latter part of verse three in the Bible, in Second Chronicles chapter 20, the latter part of verse three tells us, Jehoshaphat called upon people in his country of Judah to begin fasting and praying. He called upon all the people 
not just one or two. He called upon all of them. And then um, verse 4 tells us, so people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Verse 13, verse 13 says, all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children. And if you look at verse 18, it says, then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. What I want to point out, my friends, is this. Jehoshaphat involved other people to help bring about a mighty victory over the crisis of having three armies attack his country. Occasionally, your problem, your challenge or crisis may be something which, which should be shared with very few people. Sometimes it's something very confidential, for example. But most times, you and I can feel free to ask family members and friends, people in our church, to pray with you and fast with you in regards to whatever the situation is. Amen? <clears throat> Considering the fact that every week we have a lot of prayer requests in our, on our prayer sheet in our bulletin, I'm personally glad to see that many of you do in fact call upon other people to help you bring about a solution to your problem, challenge, or crises. And as you have heard, as you have heard today, we have talked about praying fervently for the Lord's help, and about fasting, and about involving other people to help bring about a solution. Stick with me. For the next 70 days, for the next seven zero days, 10 weeks, leading up to Easter Sunday, I want to ask to involve all of you in the following way. Are you listening now? All right? I want to ask to involve all of you in the following way. Number one, I want to ask you to pray for at least five minutes each day that we would reach our world missions giving goal of $60,000. We have a responsibility as a church to lovingly support our missionaries around the world. We need to reach this goal by the end of April. Received to date is $17,257.20. So, join us in praying for at least five minutes each day for the purpose of reaching our world missions goal. That's A. B, B, pray for the safety for the safety of a persecuted Christian family of four in Pakistan and their successful arrival here in Canada as refugees. For several months now, we've been trying to help a dear family that uh, is having a very terrible time. The father's initials are AK, 
and, and I'm just referring to them for security reasons as AK and family. I want to ask you to pray for their safety and pray that through the paperwork, through what we're trying to do, that they're going to get here in Canada safely and they can start a new life with their family here in Canada, in Toronto. So please pray for this, this precious family. In this five-minute time of prayer, at least, also point C, pray for your own biggest problem, challenge, or crises. All right? Decide today what is something for the next 70 days, what is something that you want to cry out to the Lord for? Pinpoint it in your mind. I mean, it can be more than one thing, but at least one thing. Pray for your own biggest need, would you? Then also, make Fridays, these next 70 days, make Fridays a day of fasting. This means you might deny yourself every Friday. You might deny yourself one meal, or two meals, or three meals. I want to ask us to pray and fast to reach our world missions goal of 60,000. I ask us to fast for the safety of the Christian family that's being persecuted in Pakistan that we are trying to help and bring to Canada. Pray for them and fast for them. I would ask, please, if, um, if you do have, listen carefully now, if you do have, if you have diabetes or some other health problem or you are pregnant, please do not fast. Do not fast unless you have special approval from your own family doctor. Normally, to fast means going without food, as we spoke of earlier. It means denying yourself. It's possible that some of you may choose to deny yourself in some other ways on Fridays. For example, you might decide to not do something you really enjoy doing on, on, on the Friday. You might, for example, not watch TV if that's something you enjoy doing. Or you might, um, you, you might not play computer games. You might deliberately not surf the internet if that's something you usually do on Fridays. Or, or perhaps you might not listen to your favorite music on Fridays. Instead, you listen to Pastor Nick's favorite music. <laughs> Whatever that might be. For some of you, for some of you, refusing to go shopping on Fridays would be a real sacrifice. Amen? Some of you. Or whatever might be, whatever might be a form of denying yourself which would be a sacrifice for you. Think about what that is and say, Lord, <clears throat> as, a, as a sign or, or as a part of my fasting, I am going to deny myself in this way. Amen? Now, I want to ask you to pick up, pick up a friendship and worship card from in front of you, all right? We have those white cards on the back of the chairs. Those of you in the front rows, in the balcony, and here, 
Uh, j just turn around and pick up one of those white friendship and worship cards on the back of each chair. Pick it up. And if you are willing, if you are willing to commit yourself to praying for at least five minutes per day for the next 70 days, 70 days leading up to Easter Sunday. Easter is April the 16th. All right? So if you're willing to commit yourself to praying for at least five minutes per day for the next 70 days leading up to Easter, and you will fast on Fridays in one way or another, I want to ask you to write down on the friendship and worship card. Please write on there your name, okay? Why don't you just use the back of it? Use the back of it, put your name at the top, and write the words, 70 days of prayer and fasting. For a, a lot of us here, this might be the very first time we've done this. This might be a very special journey for you. Right on there, 70 days of prayer and fasting. And on the next 10 Fridays, in the next 10 Fridays, I will go through each card and pray for whatever your special request might be. I don't need to know, I don't need to know what your prayer request is, but because you turned in the card, I will assume you have a need for victory over some kind of a problem, challenge, or crisis. So go ahead now, on that card, if, if you're gonna commit yourself to 70 days of prayer and fasting, write it down on the card, and then after communion, on your way out, I'm gonna ask you to drop it into a, an offering plate. As well, as well, I wanna ask you to join us, to join us this Saturday for prayer and fasting from 9 a.m. till 12. You can come for the whole time, or you can come for an hour or half an hour, whatever might be possible. Some of you work on Saturdays and you can't come, I understand that. But wherever possible, I want to ask you to join us for our prayer and fasting time this Saturday here at the church. So go ahead now and finish writing out your friendship and worship card. Remember, right on there, 70 days of prayer and fasting. Anthony, would you come to the keyboard, please? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to commit into your hands these 70 days of prayer and fasting. Lord, we discover from Jehoshaphat and David and many others how in their time of great need, they prayed and fasted, and you did miraculous things. And Lord, I pray that as your people here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, and as our radio listeners, as our radio listeners take up this challenge, I pray that indeed, as we pray and fast, you will do good and great and awesome things as you did for Jehoshaphat, as you did for King David, as you did for many men and women in our Holy Bible. Oh Lord, 
Hear our prayers. Bless, Lord. Bless our prayers. And may you sense our hearts as we fast in various ways. May you sense the desire of our hearts, the urgency of our hearts as we pray and fast. Let it be so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.